Welcome back to a brand new edition of Virtue's Brand of Wrestling right here on TheBigVitoBrand.com. And I am Virtue, and I am going to give a brief discussion this week on one Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, because WWE is making a big deal, or trying to at least make a big deal, out of his 25th anniversary in WWE. And to be quite honest, I think Triple H was at his most memorable from his 1995 to just about 2000, maybe only even 1999, his first four to five years. Because what happened in 2000, and then I'll backtrack, he was with Stephanie at that point, and the political game started happening, and his push, he was just pushed as the champion all of a sudden, probably because of one Miss Stephanie McMahon, Helmsley. And I'll tell you what, he, as good as a 2000 he had, and then when he blow, tore his quad and came back in 2002, you know, okay, whatever. But I just think that his best years were when he started getting the attitude in about 1997. And, of course, his run with Shawn Michaels in China and D-Generation X was outstanding in 1997. And that's what I want to focus on into him eventually leading DX and some things that followed thereafter. But what about Hunter Hearst Helmsley, the Blue Blood? He was, you know, I only remember him feuding with, he had that match against the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 12 where he got squashed. Um, Let's be honest, the curtain call happened somewhere around that time, I believe, and he was the one that stayed behind and took all the heat for it. But I think it made him a better performer, a better man for it because he had a lot to prove to Vince McMahon. And what ended up happening during all that time is he became Shawn Michaels' sidekick. He had China as a bodyguard, and the DX thing blew up, and it just worked. It set the table for the Attitude Era of Austin and everything else there that followed after. Now, you can give Bret Hart and the Hart Foundation credit for that, but to be honest with you, DX made breaking the rules cool in a time that wrestling, especially WWE, needed it because WCW and NWO was kicking their butt. So I loved Triple H's sidekick role. And then, you know, they had Rick Rude there for a little while, but they didn't really need him because, to me, Triple H being Sean's sidekick, and he was in the mid-card, you know, he was the European champion. There was something about him he could just be that cocky, prick, break, rule-breaking, arrogant a-hole. And that's what appealed to me. That's why I liked early DX. A lot of people say that DX was when Triple H became the leader, and the little era with Shawn Michaels was just kind of the pre-DX. No, it was called Degeneration X. There was a pay-per-view in December of 97 called Degeneration X. So it was truly something cool back then. And again, it was kind of fate. Shawn Michaels hurt his back in the casket match at Royal Rumble 98 against The Undertaker. Um, He really had to go home and, and take a leave of absence after he dropped the title to Austin at WrestleMania 14. And Triple H was there to pick up the ball that Sean dropped and basically lead Degeneration to X. 
And that, this is when he was at his absolute coolest. They brought in Sean Waltman. They brought in X, you know, they had X-Pac with the New Age Outlaws. And, of course, China was there. And for at least the better part of the year, DX was cool. They even brought Shawn Michaels back as a commissioner. And he, you know, was against DX. Then he went back with DX. Where it started kind of getting political is when they did the, the whole Stephanie McMahon you know, thing that all happened, and you know what, whatever it was with China with Joni Lauer, it, it sucks for her. Um, but Triple H was getting his political card right around that time. I mean, they even turned corporate. I think DX for at least China and Triple H turned corporate right around WrestleMania 15 or something like that, and and that's about when the the true you know industry. Um, politicking Dick Triple H really, really came full force uh, late night. And now remember before this happened, I enjoyed Triple H's mid Carter, leader of DX. That feud they had against the nation was phenomenal. The ladder match against The Rock where Triple H became the Intercontinental Champion. Like that was the best work of Triple H's career. Like I said, right when he was trying to get out of the doghouse from the curtain call, you know, from 97, 98 into early 99, Triple H was cool. I remember he had a match. It was fully loaded. It might have been – it was against Chris Jericho. I can't remember. It might have been in the year 2000. And and I thought that Triple H was still pretty cool because he was giving Jericho some of that rub when Jericho came into the company. That night and Raw where Triple H dropped – the title to Jericho, even though it was reversed, that was a cool moment. But something from that 97 to 99, early 2000, coolness Triple H factor just wore off when the Stephanie McMahon Helmsley era began. And you just knew that he was with her. You know, they went on to get married, have a chick children live happily ever after sure whatever but you just knew that triple h is being booked strong at that point it didn't it felt like nepotism now it didn't feel organic his dominance anytime he got hurt and came back and got an instant push there was just something not cool about it and then eventually he became an office guy a management right and okay if you're gonna do that you're still dabbling into wrestling. He went out of his way to bury CM Punk. Punk got over. Triple H interjected himself. Wanted to, now, you know, he wanted to put him over at that WrestleMania, right, that they were going to wrestle before Punk left. But I think that Punk wanted a main event, and this would not have been the main event. But Triple H just became the son-in-law of Vince McMahon. I mean, that's ultimately – and it just he wasn't cool anymore. I thought – the whole match with Sting at WrestleMania 31 just was mediocre. Of course, you know, Vince McMahon had to have the McMahon family go over Sting, as weird as that was. And NWO coming out to help Sting? Really? You know, of course, DX coming out to help Triple H. Well, WWF versus WCW. Who was going to win in Vince McMahon's world? WWF. But there was just a time where Triple H, he, he was cool. I mean, he was in DX. He was doing all the sexual innuendo stuff with China and Michaels for the latter part of 97 into WrestleMania 14 98. 
he was the European champion. He went on to lead DX once Sean left. X-Pac came in. DX was cool. The summer of 98, that feud against the nation, you know, and they did the whole Jason sensation came in and, you know, the whole rock feud for the Intercontinental title. There was never a time where I thought I could ever just loathe Triple H, Paul Levesque. And then he slept with Stephanie McMahon, you know? And then with dirt sheets and knowing behind the curtain and stuff of the business, you kind of ended up knowing what happened to Joni Lauer, China, and it it just sucked. It, it was just awful to know that. And that anything that Triple H did after that, where he was WWF champion, world champion, you know, the evolution thing was cool for a minute, but, you know, Ric Flair, Rising Stars, and Batista and Orton, not because of Triple H. And it's just like, I always felt like he buried people. And that's why he got known for that, you know, sledgehammer, shovel. And I wish he would have put more people over. And, you know, he did to a point. You know, you could say he put John Cena over. But come on, John Cena, by the time Triple H wrestled him, didn't need that. The under two the two losses, the Undertaker, WrestleMania, to add to the streak, come on. Is that really putting people over? You know, the little stuff that he did with Jericho in, in 2000. But ultimately, it just became one of those power trips. And I think that it really soiled, to me, uh, liking him. And it, again, maybe if, this, if Triple H came through in the 80s and early, two, early 90s before we got the dirt sheets and knew these kind of things that we know about wrestlers behind the curtain, I wouldn't be sitting here saying this. But the reason why I am is because that run that he had to get out of the McMahon doghouse after the curtain call was absolutely phenomenal, and it's probably why he got in the position that he did. He was so cool, he, he made Stephanie McMahon fall in love with him, you know? And then Vince, obviously, if as long as his daughter's happy, he'll be happy. And Triple H is now a big shot in WWE because of all of that. So for the things that I don't like beyond 2000, 2001, when you bust your ass, when especially if, if your back's against the wall like his was, when you bust your ass and you make money and raise up the totem pole in the food chain because of it, I will admit I, re I respect that. You know, I can also say I don't like his booking and his dominance because of being, you know, in the McMahon family, but he was a heel and, you know, they pushed him as the, the heel that you knew was in bed with Stephanie and Vince McMahon's son-in-law. And that's part of the reason why they pushed him as that villain because they know a lot of people would hate that. But I watched the WWE Network and I go back to the Attitude Era and it's just it was just good stuff. Like I, I remember I was a big – I was watching mostly WCW in 96, 97. I like DDP, the NWO, had that cool factor sting, the whole Crow thing. And then what pulled me into WWE again, where that became my main, uh, well, you know, my main promotion that I like to watch mostly each week, even the weeks it was taped, was that DX trio, the original Sean, Triple H, and China. And Sean was that main eventer, and it was just it was cool to see him be such a dick. And then it's like, who's this Triple H guy? He was a blue blood. 
not too long ago, bowing and doing the curtsy, losing to Phineas Godwin in hogpin matches. And it was just kind of like a cool evolution before evolution. And it was fun. I was in high school then, and DX was just that cool. Uh, they made fun of people. It was just cool to like them. You know, I, I remember making my own T-shirt with a Sharpie marker and putting all the DX suck it and Triple H China, Shawn Michaels. And it's just sad that today in wrestling, when I want to be a fan of the TV product, it's and I look back at what I liked then, it sucks. And Triple H has been in this business 25 years. And now he is the leader of NXT, giving that niche product to those fans. I'll give him credit for that. That's cool. But maybe he can only do so much with Vince McMahon still in power. Maybe he would give a little more edge to NXT. Maybe he would try to let Johnny Gargano or whoever be his 1997-1998 self. But maybe he just can't because Vince McMahon stifles everything but like triple h he has to know is the ratings keep going down and that vince mcmahon and his vision of sports entertainment is probably past way past its prime but the, the thing is if he wants to do that sports entertainment he's not even doing it the right way he's doing it vince mcmahon's way but he's not collaborating with creative people like he did in the attitude era and Triple H was there, right? He worked with Shawn Michaels, with Stone Cold, with Vince Russo, who was the writer back then. You got to think he knows this. He can't be, he's not senile like a lot of people claim Vince McMahon to be. He has to know that shit was good back then. And, and I just wish he could find a way to implement it more. And, and maybe we have to have Vince McMahon officially retire and move on from the business. And if Stephanie and Triple H then have full control, maybe then I can see if Triple H is trying to do with the younger wrestlers what was how he was presented as cool back then. Now Triple H coming out with Shawn Michaels trying to be cool like that. You're old, you're 50 year old men now. Like Vince Russo said, it's not cool when you do it now. But if they can get younger guys to do that, maybe it can strike this generation because. I can't believe for one second that all these long matches with false finishes and the oohs and the ahs can really keep these fans interested forever. At some point, they have to want more entertainment other than – I'm sick of all these matches on TV, and then by the time they lock up at the pay-per-view, it doesn't mean anything. right? I liked the fact when everything was built on Raw, built on Raw, built on Raw, and then you had to pay 40 bucks for the pay-per-view, but then you got to see him wrestle. That formula's gone. It's the era of the WWE Network. It's a bad thing, but it's a good thing because I get to go back and watch 1997, 1998, 1999 Triple H. So congratulations, Triple H, for lasting in a company for that long, especially when early on, you really got shit on for the curtain call, and you persevered, and you managed to have a, an incredible three to four years, you know, and it just sucks what happened with China, you know, whatever, yeah, you're happy with Stephanie, you fell in love with her, you have kids, but that political game just, it, it kind of hurt your appeal in a lot of ways, beyond, you know, 2000 in the year beyond, beyond. and, I, you know, you come back for these matches, and you know, you might put younger guys over now. We'll see what you do the rest of your career. But just know this. 
that was an incredible attitude era. And Triple H was one of the main players, and he rose. He even won a King of the Ring. He went from European champion to Intercontinental champion to World champion. He did it the right way. He progressed up the totem pole, up the food chain the right way, with his back against the wall. So kudos to Hunter Hearst Helmsley for that, which will always be the best part of your career, in my opinion, before you became 2000, 2001, 2002 dominant. You know, it was unfortunate when you blew your quads. I give you credit for coming back and being jacked up and, and still doing your thing after some major injuries. But I just don't like the political Triple H that you just knew was in that spot because he was sleeping with Stephanie. And it really rubbed me the wrong way during the CM Punk feud. But, you know, it is what it is. And that's maybe that was their plan to make you hate Triple H because you knew he was Vince's son-in-law. And it worked. But I just wanted to point out in this edition of Virtue's Brand of Wrestling on the BigVitoBrand.com that his early DX to DX, you know, his 97 to 99 DX era was and will always be the best part of Triple H's career. You can argue with me on Twitter all you want about that and try to mention Evolution or any of his other title reigns. Follow me on Twitter at NoDQ underscore Virtue. I will tell you no, and I will defend why I think those early years were his best. So I hope you enjoyed this discussion. During the 25 years of Triple H, what do you think was his best? Do you agree with me or do you want to come and troll with me on Twitter? You can also go to my Facebook, nodq.com slash virtue. But thank you for watching Virtue's Brand of Wrestling right here on the thebigvetobrand.com. And I'm going to try to be bringing Robbie Vice back, I believe, next episode. So stay tuned, and I'm going to make sure I have him speak his mind while he was in quarantine and what he thinks about Triple H. Maybe we'll bring this back because that's his boy. I wanted him on for this episode, but he can watch this. Now he can maybe debate me about this next week. So thank you, BigVetoBrand.com, TheBigVetoBrand.com, and we will see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.